Well, this is the last day of the winter's retreat. And then the changing conditions of that follow. Notice any kind of uh, feelings of anticipation or you know, when things come to an end, you know, on the conventional level, then we, there's always the, the future, there's a certain, there's a kind of certainty in an organized retreat. That's very pleasant, like three months, I was like that. Three months, uh, kind of, you know, you know the movements of coming and going, and and that are minimal, and the emphasis on the more formal aspects of meditation practice, and then the end of the retreat and springtime, people coming and going until the beginning of the masa. <coughs> so in awareness, the, you know, we still, this does not preclude awareness. It's uh, in this witnessing, you know, the, the way it is in terms of how you as an individual are experiencing it. Not, and it's not a critical function, no way you should feel or shouldn't feel, but the the willingness to recognize that conditions when they, you know, arise, change, presents different combinations of conditions, and this is the, you know, what I can observe in the present, the mood or the anxiety or the um, longing or resentment or whatever comes is is to be encouraged to be seen it is what it is the personal side it's a you know our whole cultural conditioning and the basic illusion of self is to interpret everything in the in a personal way and uh, take everything personally, so that this is uh, this why I encourage so much to and emphasize this of seeing in terms of witnessing, just uh, knowing things as they are, rather than than judging them. <coughs> when we pass judgment, then it uh, it gets very personal because uh, personalities are based on what should or shouldn't be right and wrong, good and bad. <coughs> views and opinions, preferences, prejudices. And these are all about, you know, qualities and attitudes, things that uh, that we, that create us, uh, you know, that become our personalities. Where the Bhutto, the the knowing is isn't a critical is not criticizing, not saying what should be or shouldn't be, and it's not personal, it's not saying that it is mine, but it is what it is, so they call this panya or discerning discerning and to know the condition as the condition. To know the unconditioned as, as the unconditioned. Knowing self is like this, the atta, the personality, non-self. There's a discerning, you know, there's not saying non-self is better than self or <coughs> we should not have any sense of a self or not have any personality, then it gets into that 
mode of self again. Even the denial of self is still self. <coughs> so that's why it is a budget tongue. It has to be. You have to know this. It's not. A, it's not a position you take. It's an insight, direct insight that you know can't be conveyed through words, through teachings, but through realization, through understanding. So the practice is a patipata um, in daily life, <coughs> and this is a this is a challenge because it's so easy to to get caught up into the urgencies and the problems of the world and the sangha and the society <coughs> and. Uh, get overwhelmed because emotional experience can be, you know, is overwhelming to us. Strong views, strong emotions, <coughs> uh, strongly held views, isn't it? Uh, it has to be like this or this is wrong and the way we conde can condemn ourselves or others or take very fixed positions. So in, in, in relating to each other, you know, as individuals, and it's always a, a irritation, different ways of reacting, different attitudes. So see this is all opportunity, you know, too to um, practice this, to be in the, the awareness rather than the personality. And we go through, uh, you know, so many kind of ups and downs, and whatever you're doing, whether you're a samana, monastic, or layperson, whatever, uh, human nature is uh, a highly emotional, sensitive experience. And uh, so that's just the way it is. And you're living, and you're born as a human being on this planet and with a conscious f form uh, it's uh, a, a sensitive form, then, and we take this all very personally. Then, life is a fraught situation because there's going to be so many things that just irritate or or uh, frustrate us, or that we we dislike intensely or prefer. It's so easy to interpret everything in from personal uh, position. Because it seems very personal, you know. For, uh, it's so easy to to fall back in the trap of sakyaditi and to to you know because I feel this way and I feel like this and this feeling is very strong and and uh, and it's definitely me, you know. It, it says it's me. It kind of screams, me, me, me. And so this, it's easy to, you know, totally, you know, be overwhelmed to this me and mine because it's quite insistent and demanding. And that's where this uh, 
sense of refuge is so important. Bhutang Tamang Sankang is a is a, is a convention in itself, but it is it's not a reinforcement. It's not me as a person taking refuge. But to you know, but to access that, to be that refuge itself, to be puto aware of the way things are. And that's that's what Pawana is really all about, developing, cultivating this way of awareness. Sangho then is a is a individual practicing, you know, the the there's the the Buddha, the knowing, the Dhamma, the known, the way it is, and the Sangha. The the and then we talk about the Aryan Sangha, the Sotapanna Sakata Kamiana Kami Arahat. And when you try to to uh, <coughs> decide whether you know what level of attainment you've achieved, then you've lost the point again. You know, or to to see uh, these these terms in ter- in personalities, like so and so's a stream enterer, so and so's an arahant, things like this. Because that's coming from ignorance and from self-view again, from projections, from views about these things, interpretations we make from scriptures. So in uh, in reflection, you know, like the ten fetters, uh, I found that, you know, really uh, important reflection. To, because they're, they're really... Uh, you know, they're not meant to to be, I've got to get rid of the ten fetters or free myself from the fetters, but they're, they're, it's like a list that you can reflect from. You know, just like Sakya Titi Sila Bhatta Brahma Savichi Kicha. What, you know, these are these are the Pali words. Sakya Titi is the, the ego attachment to conventions or institutions or cultural conditioning and Michikicha is uh, is the uh, doubt that inevitably comes from being attached to thinking And so doubt is uh, is is a real one of the kind of ghosts that haunt us, and they you know that get, that really hang around and create depression, misery for us because of the thinking. We're thinking and inev- inevitably, uh, you know, about ourselves as a person, which creates doubt as a result. Because uh, that's the way it is. Thinking is like that. It's it's not liberating. You can't think yourself into liberation. It's learning to let go of thinking, let go of convention, let go of of the ego, and not getting rid of them. It's not an annihilation, but letting go means to know them for what they are. They arise. They cease according to condition. So then the discerning, ability to discern, no self. And uh, I reiterate this again, that, that what self, you know, this is, now this is my insight from practice, the way, way I practice, what I'm sharing with you, is that in the stillness, the, the sound of silence, awareness, there's no self. When I'm in the flow of that stream of silence, 
non-thinking, thinking, the thinking ceases, but it's certainly alert, conscious, alert, And if I start thinking about myself, then my then self arises, or sakya ditti arises. <coughs> and and just to, you know, investigate that, to know when there's no self and when there is self. It's not to get rid of self or sakya ditti, you know, and and uh, be a totally, you know, the, the ideal of of, ha of being somebody without any personality or just a bland kind of blah of awareness and all self, all idiosyncratic tendencies and personal qualities, you know, fade away or, or disappear and you're just a, kind of like a permanent, uh, like a zombie almost or totally unfeeling. Or we can idealize, you know, like an arahant, being just, you know, some ideal of uh, that we we create with the self, a self that we create with ideas about perfection or what arahants really are. <coughs> but if you apply the uh, fetters, you know, the the, the first three fetters is uh, to see through that to be free from those first three fetters is stream entry, the sotapanna. Well, if you, if you reflect in this way, then, then, uh, then the, 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 these artifices that we create, you know, you create yourself as a person, your culturally conditioned program to be strongly identified with uh, the, you know, your cultural conditioning, social identities, institutions, Buddhism included, Theravada included, tradition, and all the rest. This, these kind of uh, of conventions that human beings create. And then, uh, you know, cultural, we have our own kind of cultural precedent. So, I mean, it's, you know, like whatever society or country you're born into, you're going to, you're going to be conditioned by that experience, by the attitudes, prejudices, assumptions of that society. It's inevitable. <coughs> and the only way to, that one can Transcend that is through the awareness of it. Thila Bhatta Bharamata. It's the you know it's generally interpreted as attachment to rites and rituals. But it, I expand that into you know conventions of all sorts, identity, attachment to conventions, assuming because so much of cultural conditioning isn't in a kind like education is just acquired through being born into your particular family and uh, the uh, what you pick up you know that isn't you know taught in school but you pick up when you're still innocent child you acquire the the cultural attitudes of right and wrong and what should or shouldn't be accordingly So the the way out of out of the whole conditioning process from Sakyaditthilabhatabharamasa uh, and even language is through this awareness. Is it, it is it's before any of these things arise, and it, it is present when these things cease.
So in the in the in the stillness in this stream of silence, stillness, then there's you know like they um, still water flowing, the fountain out in the cloister or Lumpur Cha taken from Lumpur Cha's Nam Lai Ning still water flow still still water flowing is the is a good uh, kind of metaphor because it's stillness and yet it's not a stasis it's not like a you know something fixed but as our attention to that as we let ourselves uh, say rest in this stillness then then the perspective on the ego the uh, conditioning and the uh, thinking process is very accurate because this, this is not a thinking process it's not a not a cultural condition. It's not an individual personal, has no individual personal qualities. So in terms of experience, it could, you know, it's, a, it's not male or female. Not a monk or a nun or a lay person or Christian or Buddhist or Jewish or anything that has any these are these are created conditions uh, these are man-made being Buddhist Jewish Christian male female we create these concepts we identify with them So breaking out of that rigidity and the limitation of those habits is the puto tammo sankho. Putting it in a in in uh, the Buddhist conventional terms is a is a is a expedient language really. <coughs> but don't attach to even that. These, these those are just uh, terms to remind ourselves. Because it's so easy to to fall back into personal views and cultural habits and and habitual thinking or assumptions we make, you know, like cultural conditioning is so isn't even all that conscious. It's just the way we we the the ha we tend to think or do things that we've been <coughs> conditioned to do through being born in <coughs> England or Germany or Japan or America. <coughs> so the Allow this to be, you know, the, the conscious. We're already conscious, aren't we? There's nobody questioning that. Anyone here not conscious right now? <laughs> and then uh, awareness. We can be conscious, but still totally lost in delusion. But with awareness, uh, alertness, consciousness, and then uh, wisdom comes from that, seeing things as they are. So in daily life, then apply that. You know, take when you, no matter what you're feeling, no matter how uh, emotionally stirred up you might be, there is a point where you suddenly realize you are. You know, you, you've been, you've lost it. You've been carried away. Get carried away with your emotions. 
and then use that as a, that moment of recognition. You know, instead of instead of adding to it by saying, "Oh, I'm not mindful, and I just get carried away. I have no control. I just get lost in my feelings." and poor me and that. Stop doing that. You know, determine to stop feeling sorry for yourself or condemn yourself for being heedless. And But learn to just be more aware, you know, that say, I use sound of silence. When I catch myself being carried away and it, then I listen to the, listen for the sound of silence. And it stops in that, and not to get rid of the feeling, but just not to to continue in, in any way, you know, with uh, with that habit. Not to keep feeding it, because even the you know, oh, I've lost it. I, I, you know, I was heedless, and all these years I've been practicing, and I still get angry, and and I'm, you know, what can I do about it? Maybe I've wasted my life, all that kind of thinking. You know, I, years ago, I determined to stop doing that. N- to you know, to trust in that moment of suddenly I realize I've been, you know, carried away with a feeling or emotion, and then that's the sign to go right into the silence or the breath. If the sound of silence isn't isn't that easy for you, then the, the breath, the inhalation, exhalation is always good. Sometimes I've let myself become deluded, you know, like, like the way the, the world can, you know, become very urgent and incredibly important and, you know, things that happen in the Sangha and threats and and uh, that in the world is something terrible is going to happen. We must do something. We've got to. And and this isn't fair. And or somebody's a real troublemaker. We've got to do something about them. We get into kind of witch hunting mode. You know, the crucifixion. You can't let them get away with it. And then that can be very urgent, strong feeling, and righteous, very righteous. But you know, this is where we get carried, and that we get can easily get carried away by those strong feelings. And then that moment where you realize what you're doing. Because as you trust your awareness more, then you know the the urgency of the world. Is uh, y- you know it it still has this this quality of being urgent and terribly important in life and death and all that, but it, you're no longer so easily caught into the into the power of that emotion because you're developing wisdom and you you can see the world is like that. It's a, it's full of crises, catastrophes, threats, Armageddon's. Devils, ghosts, uh, unseen forces, aliens, terrorists, uh, serial killers, maniacs, war. I mean, we're so warlike, you know. And we're so critical, you know, just the way we, you know, the society here is so critical of everything. Because we all know what should be, and we all like Britain to be perfect, you know, just, we all know how it should be. But, and so, because, because it isn't, you know, it's not an ideal, it is the way it is, and we, we can, you know, we, we can react and just say, oh, it's, present government, the prime minister, the royal family, the Tories, the the, um, Labour, 
the Americans, the French, the Islamic terrorists, and, <laughs> and uh, we can wind ourselves up with, with righteous views and fears and anxieties because the world is like that. The world is, is worry. There's always a sense of doom and loss in it and impending danger. And, and because the conditioned realm is like that. If, you know, with birth there's death. You know, if you're not born, you don't die. But birth, is, you know, means that we're subject to, to, to all kinds of things. You know, being born means that old, old age, sickness, loss, grief, sorrow, anguish, despair. <coughs> we know life should be fair and everybody should be c compassionate and just and merciful and people should be good and they should not do bad things and we should be honest and not tell lies. We all know this. But the world you know, is not like that. I mean, it, it, it changes, you know, honesty, lying, war and peace. Uh, you can't sustain any of these conditions. You know, they're not ultimate. They know they are sankaras arising, ceasing. So you can only feel, you know, threatened by sankara because it is, it is, it's, basic nature's dukkha. It's unsatisfactory. So then the, and that's not a criticism, you know, it's not a complaint either, it's just a recognition. Why seek for security and in insecurity? If you really know, you know, through your own insight, through investigation of Dhamma, all sankaras are impermanent, you know, then you're no longer demanding permanency from sankharas. You're no longer idealizing sankharas and saying how they should be because uh, they can only be the way they are. So then that complaining Stops, you know, grumbling, complaining, criticizing, <coughs> and all that, those kind of uh, mental habits we have by, by uh, you know, feeling that how things should be or how somebody else should be or how you yourself should be. Feeling guilt-ridden or inadequate because you can't be uh, what you know you should be. So, and you know, we could, I, mean, I know I should be wise, compassionate, generous, kind. I know that. Like to be like that too. Shouldn't be petty and selfish, easily angered, jealous, frightened, lustful. Shouldn't be that. A good bhikkhu is, <laughs> you know, that's an ideal again, isn't it? So he pointed what ideals are, you know, they are beautiful. There's no question of that. But they are sankaras too. They come and go. You can't hold on to an ideal, uh, you know, and, and sustain it. Because this uh, sankara is not ideal. It is... Birth, old age, sickness, death, or that process of arising, the peak, the cessation. So the inhalation, exhalation is the is the pattern, isn't it? You have an inhalation; it begins, and it rises, and, it, and you inhale reaches a peak, and then that conditions the exhalation begins, and it ceases and reaches an end. 
and then the inhalation begins. I mean, it's just as simple as that, obvious, matter-of-fact kind of pattern. But in Anapanasati, you know, this, they, that, this is the pattern, you know. You can, you know, I've, uh, as I've said before, it's, I find it, I always find it much more easy to concentrate on an inhalation than an exhalation. You get to notice that. that sustaining, you know, really being with the inhalation was much easier. And my mind tended to wander on the exhalation. Just noticing things like that. How, you know, the <coughs> birth and growing up, youth, reaching the peak is quite exciting, exhilarating, and interesting and promising. It can be, anyway. And then you reach the peak, you know, and then you just get old, weaker, sick, dead. <laughs> the body. <coughs> so youth, uh, and that is the, you know, it's, it has, it's inspiring, it's in, in like an inhalation, it's, uh, we can get, uh, you know, just thoroughly attached to that. But imagine being attached, you know, to how ridiculous it is if we, if we uh, detest exhalations. Because we only like inhalations. I mean, that is absurd, isn't it? Can you imagine inhaling forever? That sounds even painful, doesn't it? What if you couldn't stop inhaling? You'd kind of blow up like a dirigible or something. <coughs> Get inflated and flown up into the sky. I mean, it, but it, and, and the same with youth, just being young forever is, uh, you know, it's a, there's a value in, in the peak moment inhaling the peak and then the exhaling so that in in the life of a human body you know is none of it is is better than the you know in ultimately better than anything else it's it's the process we're interested in in being able to witness it learn from it rather than identify and prefer you know, one stage over another. <laughs> so then death is, you know, inevitable death of the body. You know, I'm quite looking forward to it. When I think about it, you know, it's like a, I, I feel prepared for death, having, uh, you know, lived the way I have for so many years for physical death. You know, it's an important event. It's not a kind of failure, some dreadful, horrible thing. I, it's like like the opportunity that we have in this, the, the birth, and then the, the, the reaching the peak of health, vigor, youth, and then the decline, rather than seeing it personally, like, you know, from the personal level, vanity and all that is offended because, you, you know, we are, our standard for beauty is based on youth. So, you know, in a personal way, then you're no longer very attractive, or some wrinkled, Weak. I used to be strong. Now I'm just, you know, huffing, puffing, and, and taking it all personally, rather than, than, um, you know, observing the Buddha, knowing the Dhamma.
So then uh, Thilabhata Paramahasa, this silent dream, sound of silence, is not a culture. It's not European, it's not Asian. has no class, ethnic preferences or anything. It's, but it is. You know, it's, there's wisdom there. It's not, and I can't claim it as kind of me as my wisdom. But if I trust in this, then, then the, the discerning ability is strong. You know, the discerning is in the, the, the results of attachment the suffering that comes through attachment, the suffering that comes through through self-view, through thinking, through idealizing everything, through identification with class, race, culture, gender, religion. And discerning, you see, the, the suffering of attachment. So dukkha in the first noble truth, there is this dukkha. And to let go of this dukkha, not through some kind of personal effort, but through awareness. It's a discerning, allows the, you know, it's, a, it's intelligent. It's like putting your hand in the, candle flame, putting your finger on the candle flame, it hurts, so you don't do it again. You recognize, you know, that you, if you keep putting your finger in the, in the flame, it, it hurts, and then you don't have to do that. Sometimes you have to, to, maybe to put it out. But not as general way of living. You don't want to sit around with a candle burning your fingers and saying, why do I suffer so much? My hand feels, hurts me all the time. It's your fault. Um, you know, you see, you actually don't need to do that. You don't need to burn yourself endlessly and, and be tortured by that. When you see, when you discern the cause of the suffering, Now, when the, the the following fetters deal with uh, Sakadakami, Anakami, Arahan, but the first three are very interesting because they are they're, they're kind of conditioning, cultural conditioning, language, and self view. They're they're created by human beings. They aren't just natural conditions, the natural conditioning of life. It's, it's like the body, the human body, is a natural condition. I didn't create the body. <coughs> but the, the artifice that I put onto the body is this body is me. I am this body. And so, uh, you know, the... And so this body's needs, its instincts, its drives, and so forth, are interpreted always as mine, me. My sexual drives, my anger, my fears, my this, my that. Because the body's me, and so everything is interpreted from, from Sakya Ditti, from the sense of me. But that is, um, you know, if the body is, is what it is. It's like the flowers and the trees and the fish and the birds. And I mean, the natural conditions. 
the natural world. <coughs> so in terms of Sakyaditi, the, then, uh, you know, I claim it you know, and define it and, and judge it from my critical mind. <coughs> but if I stop doing that, if I see through that illusion, then the body still exists, you know, it's still breathing and needs to eat food and needs to rest and so forth. It's, it's because that's the way human bodies operate, you know, they're supposed to do that. But the identity with it is merely conventional, it's not taken personally anymore. You know, it's not, uh, anyone still say, I, n I need to eat something, it doesn't mean that I'm still uh, deluded with Sakyaditi. It's just conventional way of speaking. But the illusion of I, uh, I have to have something to eat, the sense of I and me, is no longer the, uh, the, the you know, believed in as, as in the way that it was before one understood things in terms of Dhamma. So in the Sila Bhatta Brahmasa, Witchi Kicha, these are, you know, just because these are, these are quite obvious when you, when you see them. They are, you know, it's a think it, you, for thinking, you use language, and uh, languages are created by human beings. And values, preferences, cultural values, cultural preferences, and all these things are created by us, by human beings, and, and out of ignorance. And usually, avicca is the cause. So, so when you, then the way, the only way you can actually uh, see that is through awareness, because it's not otherwise you, you just playing with your mind, you know, it's not anything against culture, class, race, gender, uh, religion, it's not a, you know, an annihilationist teaching to destroy conventional conventions and, and stop thinking and, uh, and permanently, you know, just refuse to think, but it's recognizing that what these are, you know, and no longer identify, no longer limit yourself or bind yourself to these artificial conditions that we project onto life, which is the cause of suffering. Then the, the um, fetters that follow is, is still, we've got the basic instincts of the human body, still uh, sexual desire. This is the natural energy that the body has. Procreation. Isn't it? This, but it's no longer seen in terms of personal identity. Not, not something, you know, where and from Sakyaditi then we've strongly identified with, with uh, sexual sexuality. You know, in, in the West, we, you know, we make we make it incredibly complicated problems around uh, the sexuality of our bodies and strong identities with it. The kind of obsessions around sex that 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 the, that we have now, all the pornography and just you know the this. Uh, identity and, and, and defining ourselves according to sexual tendencies is all delusion, you know, not Dhamma. But when we, when we uh, see through that, you know, we still have the sexual energies <laughs> because that's the nature of the body. You know, this is, this is how we got here in the first place. <coughs> so the bodies are 
sexual, you know, their their nature. But the identity with it falls away. It is what it is. You know, so it's not permanent. It rises and ceases. Sexual desire rises and ceases according to conditions. And don't take it personally. And so, so then the and the, so this to, to, uh, to you know. Then then the challenge is the awareness with these energies, you know, and anger, you know, like, vayapada uh, and that kind of this uh, uh, negative anger or hatred. These are kind of primal emotions. You know, these these are these are not personal. They're just you know, anger is part of this realm. Animals get angry. So, so then we but we take it personally, so that it becomes you know become neurotic and complicated personalities because of these identity and and fears of these energies that that we experience. So this is where the uh, the the uh, refuge in this stream of awareness gives you perspective on that. So you you no longer just react in in either following blindly or suppressing these energies. And from that, then the those strong energies no longer can dominate no longer delude us so then we we you know it gets into refinements of pity sukha refined states we can get very attached to when the negativity is no longer a problem or the strong uh, primal energies then then we we can abide in very pleasant mental states and get very attached to then the arahant is is uh, is the relinquishment of uh, uttacha, uh, mana, and avijja. So this restlessness. Mana is still a, it's not sakyaditi, but it's still in a, a, a kind of lingering assumption of separateness. I am, and then uh, it comes from avicca. So in these fetters, you know, in these stages, then they're they're like references to help us. They're not identity. They're not stages to attain in some personal way. You know, we get it wrong when we want to attain stream entry as a person or become an arahant. I mean, it's just all, it's just uh, sakyaditi again. You know, can can I, Ajahn Sumato, become an arahant in this lifetime? People speculate. You know, I've heard people say, well, no more arahants, can't do it now. Even heard people say there's no more stream enterers, and a, so the, I mean scholar, Buddhist monks that are, read scriptures, no Pali can say things like that. Abhidhamma people can can make these statements, but then in terms of like like thinking about it, whether I have attained this or not, then I'm giving up that whole that whole delusion of self means that, you, that, that there's, there's no person to attain anything. For me to think I have to attain stream entry, that, that I have to go back to being Ajahn Sumato, who's who has is hoping to uh, attain stream entry or arahantship. That's a whole. That's a. That's back in the 
Sakya Diti Silabhata Bhagamasa Vichikicha Ram. Isn't it? That's that self, it's ignorance and, and Sakya Diti personality, sense of myself, wanting to become this ideal, you know, the arahant, the ideal. I would like to become an arahant <coughs> as an ideal. So that's where, you know, these words are not meant to be, you know, clung to in any way. They're, they're pointing at reality. You know, the encouragement of the Buddha is always awakened attention, seeing things as they are. Not, not becoming anything. So you can see how easy it is to misuse even a convention. If we attach to the conventions of, of the Pali teachings and Theravada Buddhism, then we become Theravadan Buddhists, Pali scholars. But we'll never, <laughs> it's not liberating. And then in itself, it, you know, it, it won't, it can't liberate us because uh, so much personal investment in being a scholar or an authority or a me an experienced meditator or a meditation master or a teacher, an ajahn, uh, a Theravadan Buddhist. You know, we become cultish, sectarian. <coughs> and those are all Sakyatiti Thilabhata Bharamasa Vichikicha. Those are, those are not natural conditions, those are created by human beings. So the, the Buddha is pointing to nature, to the natural way of things, the Dhamma. So Dhamma then is the natural, is what's the way things are, what's natural, what isn't, you know, not, not created by me out of ignorance. Created, it's not something created by me out of personal ambition or, or sense of me being a separate personality that wants to become something that, you know, a, a, an ideal I have about perfection. <coughs> Giving up that whole tendency, then you have the strength of that awareness to deal with the the natural conditions of human body, sensory world, uh, what's left after the self is is kind of no longer the the uh, modus operandi for experience, but the the uh, reality of just having a physical body, eyes, ears, nose, tongue, and um, intelligent mind. So you can see that it's a relinquishment, um, letting go through awareness, not through rejection, aversion towards anything. So like in, they have this word nipita, a kind of, uh, in Pali, which conveys a, a kind of world weariness. When you see the futility and the, the suffering that comes through attachment. You know, you get weary of it. And if, you know, if you look at yourself, if you're really aware, you get tired of yourself thinking the same old boring thoughts and reacting the same inadequate ways to situations and the same conceit and arrogance manifesting and over the years. You know, when you're young, it's, you, it isn't, you know, you still haven't lived long enough to maybe be weary of it. When you're my age, you're really bored with the world. <laughs> just to, you know, just to keep keep promoting oneself and, and uh, you know, been through it so many times, so many 
it just keeps repeating itself. Reactivity, habits, that you know, habitual behavior. <coughs> so the release from that is the awareness. The nipita or the this weariness of just being caught in the trap and having to go through the same thing over and over again. That's why people commit suicide or take to drink or something just to just to stop it, you know, to get away from it for a while. Or the Buddha suggested some a more skillful means than getting drunk or taking drugs. And that is awareness, waking up and seeing the way, you know, really this whole invitation to investigate, know for yourself. So in the following weeks we have the terrors meeting, the elders meeting, I'll be moving to Chithurst and uh, all kinds of changes, people coming and going, emotional scenarios, clashes, great meetings, uh, and so forth, you know, the coming together, the separation, the opinions and views, attitudes, prejudices that we have and we experience from others. All great stuff. Grist for the mill, isn't it? So don't worry about it. But, it, you know, see it as, uh, you know, and if you get lost in it, get okay, well, that's okay. You know, not demanding that you, 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 you know, you, you, uh, you don't get lost. But trust in that moment where you suddenly realize that. At least that point, that's with me, you know, suddenly I can get lost in an emotion or in some something or other, some conditioned thing, and then then there's a point where I realize what I've, you know, that I, the, the kind of awakened state. And then I, from there, then I, I, I've developed this uh, sound of silence, so go to that, to just stop the, the, the proliferating kind of self-criticisms that I used to have when I, when I get carried away with things and realize that I'd kind of blown it and made a scene and, and then I'd feel guilty and remorse and torture myself even further, self-pity, despair, can't do it. And uh, I decided, um, that is no good, that's useless. That's just useless suffering. Trust in that point where you suddenly realize, you know, I got carried away. And then go to the present moment, so that like grounding yourself with the silence or the breath or the body, you know. So these are, you know, these are here and now. And, and just to, Stop from the conceptual proliferations, the papancha that is we easily get uh, get taken by if we if we don't practice like this. So I've uh, always liked these winter retreats really don't want it to end. like to have another month at least. <laughs> you think we could extend it for the month of April? Because <laughs> it is. The best time in the lay support been wonderful. I mean, it's really uh, greatly appreciated. And... Uh, And it is a you know wonderful, a unique opportunity. (coughs) 
but we can't depend on that either. You know, it's an ongoing. You know, life is. We have to flow with them and move with life as it happens. So, so that's where this, uh, you know, awareness is our refuge, not winter's retreats. <laughs>